Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Helipod brought to you by Viore Clothing. If you have not heard of or worn Viore Clothing, you are doing yourself a disservice. It is the finest in athleisure wear on the planet. Maurice, myself, nearly every person I know uh, has a good amount of Viore in our closet. Uh, It's great for working out. It's great for running, for playing basketball, for doing CrossFit. Whatever you're doing. Pickleball, too. See, I love that MJD pops in. We haven't even gotten things started yet. Pickleball, I'm always wearing it for pickleball. Um, They have great T-shirts, hoodies. The joggers for the ladies are super popular. I mean, from the East Coast to the West Coast. What is Viore, you ask? It's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com. And I'm going to give you 20% off your first order today. V-U-O-R-I clothing.com. Use the code Helipod. That's H-E-L-L-I-D-P-O-D for 20% off your first order today. I promise you, you're going to like it. And with that, we're getting ready for week three of the 2021 NFL season on the Helipod with MJD right now. MJD, you're back. You're looking good. Coaching a little youth football. You're busy with your NFL Network stuff. You're calling the Rams games. Your Rams are 2-0. We'll get into that in just a minute. But um, listen, man, I don't think anything was less surprising to me than Aaron Rodgers coming out, bouncing back, slicking his hair back in a ponytail or however he wears it these days, and then calling bullshit on all us dumb media people who questioned him last week. Zero surprise. Smug Aaron Rodgers is back again. You weren't surprised yeah, by that, were yeah, you? No, I, I wasn't surprised by, uh, by that. But what I am surprised is by how bad this defense is, right? I mean, the Detroit Lions went up and down the field on him with ease, with rookies and guys out there, no pressure on the quarterback, no blitzing to get pressure on the quarterback, no understanding of why you blitz up the middle against Jared Goff when your D.C. was with him with the Rams, Joe Barry. So I'm concerned about the Green Bay Packers. I'm actually very concerned this week about the Green Bay Packers and them going against the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Yes, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and that offense seems like they picked it up in the second half. But what happens when your defense continues to give up first downs and touchdowns throughout four quarters. How do you bounce back from that? That's a good question. And you're right. Uh, Joe Barry, the new defensive coordinator, has been with the Rams as a linebackers coach the last few years, former defensive coordinator uh, in Washington with the football team when they were the Redskins. Good football coach, played his college football at USC back in the day, but um, trying to scheme it up there and figure out a way to get it done. And um, defensively, they have not been uh, uber impressive thus far. Now, Uh, I will say that I thought the biggest lock of the week was Aaron Rodgers bouncing back. I thought the second biggest lock of week two was the Raiders going to the East Coast on a short week, and I thought they would get absolutely worked by Pittsburgh, and I could not have been 
more wrong. That did not happen. Pittsburgh, without Joe Hayden, without Devin Bush, T.J. Watt left in the first half. They could not handle the Raiders. Derek Carr, 817 passing yards. At this point, as we tape this on a Wednesday, all the talk is two games into the season. Oh, my gosh, here's Derek Carr again, having an MVP caliber season, just like he did in 2016. In 2016, MJD, Derek Carr played with the best defense he had had with the Raiders. They ranked 20th, 20th in the NFL. That's the best defense he's had in his career with the Raiders. Okay, Tom Brady. What's going on back there? You got like a Doberman? Yeah, I, I got my my I got my two dogs. Someone wants to walk past the cage or something. <laughs> my bad. It's all that's what happens, Joe. It's hey, crazy. Hey, it's it's live podcast to tape with dogs hey. in the background. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, they're back there, man. They're protecting the house. Somebody must be walking around or something. My little English bulldog Addy does the same thing, man. Whenever anybody's at the door. Um. So anyway, car. That year, 2016, played with his best defense. Brady and Big Ben have never had a defense ranked as low as 20th in their 37 years combined in the league. My point of bringing this up, this is a great stat that was brought to my attention by my fine UFC producer and stage manager, RJ Clifford, who is a huge, huge Raiders fan, is that Derek Carr has never had a great defense. I don't know if the defense is going to be great this year, but they're certainly much better, and they're giving the Raiders a chance. Yeah, so I'll say this. Um, first of all, it's a team sport. It's probably the, the the ultimate team sport out of all professional sports or sports in general is football because the quarterback, yes, he gets the wins and losses on his record, but without a great defense, and as you said, Tom Brady, remember they won the Super Bowl his first year? They had the number one defense in football. They were finding ways to turn the ball over, uh, and, and that happens all the time. Big Ben, when he would won Super Bowls, they had the number one defense every time they won Super Bowls. So, yeah, it's been like that. But I think the thing for Derek Carr, and what I really want to talk about in this Pittsburgh Steelers matchup, was how bad the Pittsburgh offensive line was, right? They were they were getting pressure all over. Solomon Thomas, who was the third overall pick, finally looked like the third overall pick in that game, right? After being drafted by the Niners, gets cut, goes to uh, Las Vegas and re kind of start his career over again. Gus Bradley puts him in a similar system that he was used to when he was drafted for. He plays lights out. Max Crosby is playing well. Yannick Ngakwe, even though he's banged up, he has you have to give him some attention. So now you got guys find a way to get to the quarterback. This defensive line is going to help out a ton. Two pass rushers on the edge is something that that really took Jacksonville when Yannick was there. Um, when he was in Jacksonville, and it was him and Fowler and, and Calais Campbell and Malik Jackson, that defensive line took the game over. That's what allowed that defense to be so good. So what, I, what I'm starting to see is Derek Carr is starting to show because he's getting more opportunities to showcase his abilities and in games. A lot of times they may get eight uh, series a game or nine series a game. Now he's probably getting closer to 10, which is really good because now he can recognize the defenses you're attacking him in. He can take more chances. And as you saw, he could throw the ball as far as anyone and, and as good as anyone on that big post he threw to Ruggs uh, to, to pretty much close out the game. So I I picked this Pittsburgh Steelers because I thought the Raiders were banged up. And I thought on the short week, you know, offensive linemen weren't playing. Guys were out. Guys are fighting to get back. No, no Jacobs, none of that. And they found a way to win. And so to me, this is a this is a huge, huge stepping stone and step up for the Raiders and for John Gruden and Gus Bradley uh, getting this team on the right track and getting them going. Yeah, I thought it was a gut check game for them. Remember all those close losses they had last year? There were three or four of them 
uh, games that they had in hand and then lost a lead in the fourth quarter. Yes, the offensive line is leaky. Yes, they've battled injuries. Peyton Barber, their leading rusher against Pittsburgh with 32 yards. Josh Jacobs in the opener only had 34 yards, so the running game hasn't gotten going yet, but Gus Bradley's defense is making plays. I love what Max Crosby brings to the table, and and Gokwe, a nice addition to a defense that was 30th in the NFL in points allowed last year. And how about this? They have Miami coming up without Without Tua, Tua. right? So they should – we know it's the NFL. It's not guaranteed. And we, but we guaranteed. saw the way that we saw the way that offensive line got banged up, was getting beat up by the uh, Bills too. Right, right. It's bad offensive line play right now in the National Football League. Well, they couldn't score a point. They didn't find the end zone a single time. That's embarrassing in the National Football League. I don't think the Raiders. I think they get through that Miami game just fine, right? Without uh, Tua starting and, and Jacoby Brissett taking over. Um, but then you then you're in LA. You're taking on the Chargers, a very good football team. So they're they're going to be tested. Week four. But hold on. The Chargers lost to the Cowboys with a linebacker playing defensive end who hasn't played defensive end since uh, high school. So I'm telling you, adding in Gawkway to Crosby has been a huge difference. I mean, it, it's it's forcing teams. You're either going to slide one way and have one guy singled up or you're going to have them both singled up. Like The, the way they're, they're, they're doing their scheme, it's tough for offenses right now. We saw how the Cowboys beat the Chargers. I mean – Micah Parsons harassed Justin Herbert the whole time. So they, if those guys can stay healthy and keep playing the way they're playing, the Raiders have a really good chance of making the playoffs. Isn't it interesting what just a change of scenery can do for somebody? You know, last year, after the contract dispute in Jacksonville, he spent some time in, in Minnesota, has five sacks there, goes to Baltimore, plays nine games, only has three sacks, and he comes out to – Vegas, and, and suddenly, you know, listen, he, he hasn't racked up a sack yet, but you can see what he brings to the table. And sometimes a change of scenery is all, all a player needs, MJD. And this is what you have to understand, too. It's not only a, a change of scenery, it's familiarity with the coach. Gus Bradley drafted him. He was part of that draft class with Jalen Ramsey and Miles Jack that helped change that franchise. And so Yannick Ngakwe goes to a familiar system with a familiar coach, that knows what he does, and he puts him in position to be successful. And so now the question is, can they get Cleveland Farrell, their other top pick, going a little bit? You may have three or four pass rushers at all times on the field. If you can do that, it's, it's very similar to like football. If you have two or three runners, you have a chance to be really good. If you have a really good quarterback, you have a chance to be really good. If you have defensive, if you have pass rushers, plural, not two, but three or four, oh, my goodness, you have a chance. And if you look at the team's – that one, look at Tampa Bay. They had a bunch of dudes that could rush the passer. Then they drafted another one, right? And so you want to get as many pass rushers on the field, especially in today's NFL, to be able to affect the quarterback. Hold on, MJD. I got to wave to the people walking by in the wind. Gosh, I can't wait till you're here with me doing the show live. It's so fun. The studio from Blue Wire is amazing. <laughs> All right. Uh, next topic I think is fascinating is the fact that the Broncos and Panthers are both 2-0, and and they're both going to be 3-0. and I'm not going to say it's likely. I'm going to say it's happened. It's going to happen. Why, why am I so confident? Because the Jets are going to Denver, and then Carolina taking on Houston on Thursday Night Football. Davis Mills making his first career start. Okay, so they're going to have to screw those games up not to get to 3-0. and The Panthers, 2-0 and for the first time since 2017. Sam Darnold, God bless his heart, 2-0 and for the first time in his NFL career. And for the Panthers... The defense has just been fantastic for the Broncos, in my mind. 
It's Teddy B playing the best football of his career. Which one of these two teams, Broncos or Panthers, has been the most impressive to you thus far? Uh, They're pretty much the same. If you look at the Broncos' schedule, I remember looking at it um, week three of the preseason. The Rams went up there and played, and I was like, oh, they should be 3-0, right? I mean, they played – I forgot. They played the the Giants week one, which we knew their quarterback was going to struggle, which he did. They played the Jags, who were in another rebuild, right, week two. And now you get the Jets. You should be 3-0, and right? You're doing what you're supposed to do. So I think 3-0 and is awesome, but now when they start getting into the nitty-gritty of their division and playing some tougher opponents, I think then we'll figure out what's going on there. The Panthers, on the other hand, they just got hit with, you know, the first game again was the Jets. They're in a dogfight, whatever it may be. But the second game against the Saints, they got hit with the, the lucky COVID situation where all those coaches were gone, right? right? And they took advantage of that. I mean, and so in this day and age right now with, with COVID protocols and all those things, that's what we, we that's what the league is, is really harped on. Like, we're not going to postpone any more games. It's on you and your coaching staff or you and your players to really uh, abide by these rules because these certain things that happen and you'll lose games. Now, Jameis didn't play his best. They didn't have any coaches. And the Panthers' defense looked lights out. They were flying around, which I love. They're my my new defense to uh, have in fantasy because they're finding ways to get after the quarterback and get turnovers. Um, but to me, I, I think the Panthers, I have to wait to see them play a quality opponent with everything around them to, in order to kind of say, like, am I shocked by it or am I not shocked by it? Yes, they're 2-0, and that's a great start. It's awesome. But I want to see you play the Buccaneers. I want to see you play – uh, some other good teams in the NFC and how you fare from there. Well, they have Dallas coming up in Dallas week four, and then it's Philadelphia, Minnesota, the Giants in Atlanta, right? So if you're a Carolina Panthers fan and you look at that sketch, you say, okay, Dallas is going to be a tough game. Philly's not going to be a pushover. Minnesota, you know, they have their moments. You know, we'll get one of those two, but then we could beat the Giants in Atlanta. I mean, you're looking at, you know, you could start the season – uh, five and one, six and one. If you're the Carolina Panthers, I know I'm I'm forecasting here, but that's what we do on the helipod. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not wrong. I'm not mad at it. Sam Darnold's playing much better. He still has some some turnovers you want to get away, but he's playing much better. It seems like uh, that whole Adam Gase thing is real, right? I don't know if you're friends with Adam Gase, but players that leave Adam Gase tend to ball after they leave him. So looks like it's going back to that again. Well, Darnold's playing better. Uh, he had one of the better games of, of his career. And to your point, the defense has been off the charts good. In the first half, they shut out the Jets and the Saints the last two weeks. They have 10 sacks through two games. They've allowed less than 50 yards rushing and a 25% third down conversion rate. They've been fantastic. And the crazy thing is when you bring in the Broncos into this mix too, the Panthers gave up on Teddy Bridgewater after one year for Sam Darnold. Teddy goes to the Broncos, and he's balling. He's the third quarterback in the last 25 seasons to complete 75% or more of his passes with at least two touchdown passes and no interceptions in the first two weeks of a season. The only two to do that in the last 25 years, MJD, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. And I feel like this is the best version of Teddy Bridgewater that I've seen because since day one, since Teddy got into the league, Teddy Two Gloves, to be honest, he just never really impressed me. There's not anything that he was great at. He was kind of okay at everything. He was what my high school football coach liked to call me on the football field, kind of a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, right? But all of a sudden, you throw him onto a team that I think is one of the more talented rosters in the NFL, 
and you need a serviceable quarterback, Teddy has been that and then some. Now, I'm a little disheartened by the fact that Bradley Chubb is going to be out for a little while because he has to get ankle surgery and we can't see Von Miller and Chubb on the field together again. They, For a few plays last week, they were on the field together for the first time since week four of 2019. But defensively, Von Miller looks to be all the way back. Three sacks so far for the former uh uh, MVP, and I, I, I love I love what they have going on there in, in Denver as long as Teddy can keep playing at this level. Yeah, well, this is the thing, Dan. Like, you, you said earlier about certain fits and different things. Like, I think the scheme fits what Teddy Bridgewater does best, right? It's not a lot of down-the-field passes. It's a lot of dink and dunking, and then they take their shots off a of play-action pass, which he does really well. In Carolina, they really didn't do that. They were kind of wide open, which fits Sam Darnold a little bit more. And so, Sometimes you get traded and you've been put in a better situation, right? You have a really good defense. So you can be that game manager, which we've seen game managers win a ton in the National Football League, right? Um, and I think Teddy is going to kind of put really Denver where, where they need to be in order to get in this playoff race. They're going to be a tough team to mess with just because they're so deep defensively at the corner position, the linebacker position, the opposite the defensive line position. And then on the offensive side, they have such young talent. And remember this, Jerry Judy is out right now. Right. Okay? You got other guys, Cortland Sutton stepping up huge. Uh, Hamler's playing better. Noah Fant finally got in the end zone. Tim Patrick is showing up. Like, wait till they get that young that young core back. And all of a sudden, boom. If Teddy just doesn't turn the ball, which he doesn't, he's not a turnover guy, you can win games if you don't turn the football over in the National Football League with a great defense and a and – a, and a, above average offense you know who appeared to be a turnover guy in his rookie season the guy who you selected to have the most impact as a rookie zach wilson why are you shaking your head right now i did not when did i say that you said it two podcasts ago i said out of all the rookie quarterbacks who's gonna produce the most as a rookie and you said zach wilson and I and the reason I said they were going to produce was because of what Dan? Because they were going to be behind, and he was going to throw for a lot of yards. That's literally exactly what I said. Now you love now you, you love the you love the talent on that team. You love their leading receiver last week, Braxton Berrios. I, no, I'm making that I did up. Not. I know you did. No, you're lying. This is what I'm going to tell you, and this was the problem with Zach Wilson in college. And I actually talked to uh, Brian Baldinger, Baldy, one of our our coworkers at NFL Network. Um, when Zach Wilson played bad teams, he shined. He played lights out. When he played good teams, he disappeared. And that was that literally is the film of him throughout college. And so, yes, he can make all the throws. And yes, he can do all this. But you tell me a bad team that he's going to see in the National Football League. There ain't uh, many, right? And uh, so Houston, in this situation, Houston's going to be bad. But, yeah, no, I get your point. But there's not many, though, right? And so in this situation, and defensively, I don't think Houston's that bad. Houston took the Browns to the wire in Cleveland, right before Tyrod gets hurt, right? Yeah. So I don't I don't know. He has to fix his issues, which are really he thinks he can make every throw. And some of those throws that he's making, they're they're, they're becoming turnovers, obviously. We saw some of the overthrows against the Patriots. They got to simmer him down and get back to running the ball and play action passing. You can't, he needs a that system doesn't need to fit him. He needs to fit this system because the system helps quarterbacks a ton. Now, he has the arm talent to do it, but mentally, I don't know if he's there to be able to just drop back 50 times and throw the ball like some of these other quarterbacks. He's been um, he's been sacked, MJD, 10 times in two games, which is just brutal for a young quarterback. But this is the biggest a question. A lot of it is he's holding the ball, too, though. 
That's interesting. I I I haven't done an in-depth uh, tape study, but that's yeah. If you're holding, well, remember what we talked about. Sometimes the best Zach Wilson we saw at BYU was the improvisational throwing off platform, holding the ball until somebody came open. Zach Wilson, and right. at this point in his NFL career, he may not be able to do that. But this is my question to you: His backup is 26-year-old Mike White. Who is Mike White, you ask? Well, a lot of people are asking that question. Why don't they have a Brian Hoyer in that quarterback room like Matt Jones has backing him up in New England? Why did they decide to go with a young quarterback with no experience as a backup instead of a wise, sage, old veteran who could help Zach Wilson prepare? I never understand that. <laughs> so, uh, Right? That doesn't make any sense. It's to me. It's 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 twofold, right? You don't want to. You don't want the. You want to get a guy like Matt Schaub, who's not going to really. He's going to be there, or you, you want to get a guy threat. like Brian Hoyer. Yeah, you want to. You don't want a threat. And so, who who would you? Who do you a guy that's not a threat? That's the question. Um, who's I, out there? Who? I mean, there's 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 all kinds of guys. Like, like I, who? Why, you could have Josh McCown come back for a for a twentieth season. I want somebody who's he wasn't, smart who can teach him how to study. Josh film. McCown wasn't coming back. Remember, he was only remember last year he only was on the Texans roster as long as he could stay home and coach. He made that very clear. So Josh McCown was out the window. I just remember he was with the Eagles and they he stayed in Texas was on the Eagles practice squad and he would just watch tape with them via Zoom. Yeah, I know, but I, I, I'm trying to think of somebody here. Let me. But that's what that's what I'm trying to tell you. I don't think there's anyone out there that you could be like, like this guy's a veteran guy. He has games under his belt. He's willing to sit and coach. There ain't many of those dudes out here, and you're not going to go get Cam Newton. No, right? Because like Cam Newton's going to put what, pressure on him. What about like a Blaine Gabbert? What about like he's a, on the he's on the bus? I know. I'm thinking of somebody of that ilk. There has to be right. But right. That's what I'm trying to tell you. It, what, there's a lot of guys that you may think that would be out there, but there's not a lot of guys out there. Interesting. There's not a lot of guys out there right now. I'm looking up a list, MJ. Anytime you you, Go ahead. you test. I mean, me. they probably could. What about a Colt McCoy? I mean, not, what what about a? Where is Colt? Where's Colt at? I think he's in Arizona. Has he played? Okay, so you can't get him. He's an AZ. Yeah. I mean, they're guys. They're not that many guys on the street. You could right you can go get Duck Hodges. Devlin Hodges, <laughs> that's right? Not who I'm but, thinking of, I'm thinking of somebody who started saying, that, NFL but, games before. But Dan, that's what's available right now. Yeah. Well, you're right. You're not right? gonna. You're not gonna get somebody who's gonna come in and, you know, be a. a, a you want somebody who's gonna push him, but you want somebody who's gonna push him mentally. It's their. It's their job, right. and you now, want somebody who's gonna be in support role. You want someone to hold his hand and walk him across the street. That's what you want. Hey, this is how I study. Get here every morning. Hey, this we're gonna watch tape. Hey, we're gonna do this. You want someone that's gonna take him step by step for two or three years, right? See, Blaine Gabbard didn't have that in Jacksonville when we were there. Blaine Gabbard had Chad Henney who was competing with him. Right. Right? He had Luke McCown who was competing with him. He had guys that were competing, not guys there there just to teach. Like a Mark Brunel for remember when Mark Brunel was with Mark Sanchez. Mark Brunel wasn't gonna take Sanchez's job, but he was there to help him educate him on how to do certain things. And so that's what you need, right? Is it? I'm, I'm trying to think of guys. I don't. I don't. I'm thinking of a like a like a Chase Daniel, a Brian Hoyer, uh, a Chase Daniel, Geno Smith. Brian no, Hoyer. They're, no, they're all taken. I, I don't know who's on the street. I'm just thinking of that ilk. Oh, uh, uh, Joe Flacco, 
a Colt McCoy, a Mike Glenn, just somebody who started all, games. But I know all those guys are taken. I know, I know, I know. literally. Yeah, literally, literally, and figuratively. Um, okay. You probably should have. You probably should have went and got Nick Foles. You should have traded for Nick Foles then. That's a good point. But then you have people pining for a Super Bowl MVP when Zach Wilson does what Zach Wilson did. Exactly. So what are you going to do? Well, you just need to get somebody with more experience. Hey, well, this is the thing. Let me give you. Let me give you this. In order for them to get better, they need to run the ball. Period. Point blank. You need to forget it. We're gonna we're gonna run the ball on first and second down. We'll throw the ball on third down. If it's third and medium, we'll run the ball again, and we're going to limit his his throwing so that he doesn't get hit, and then we'll use our play-action pass on first and second down after we kind of establish a running game. When you do that, opens up a little bit more. You get him out of the pocket. You give him some half-filled reads. You have him play a little bit faster, and then occasionally you could drop him back you know, on second down, third down, and kind of let him do his thing. But you have to establish a run if you're the Jets right now because – you have your your offensive line is beat up. Makai Becton's out, right? You got guys that shouldn't be out there. And so, especially with your rookie quarterback, you got to be able to protect them, and they're not doing that right now. Jets gonna have a uh, a tough game taking on Denver coming up. I want I have two questions before we get into our game picks here. Uh the first is just easy. Your thoughts on the on the taunting rule, good or bad? Horrible. Football is played with passion. Okay, so let me give you, let me, I should have sent you these clips, Dan, because this is the, what the kids that were, where I coach, right? We get more hyped on our team for guys blocking and pancaking their guys than we do for the guy running the ball or the quarterback throwing a touchdown, right? We got three taunting penalties, three. Two of them were because a guy, we pancaked the dude and, or a guy drove a guy all the way to the track out of bounds. And we were, like, celebrating with them. And the ref threw a flag, right? And so I don't know what they want you to – football is played with passion. Football is an emotional game. If I get a first down in the National Football League, do you know how hard it is to get a first down in the National Football League? It is one of the toughest things to do. And yet when I get a, have a great catch over a guy or I make an amazing play and I get if I spin the ball and I start talking to myself or I'm telling the crowd, like, you know what time it is, I get a taunting penalty? Are you kidding me? Or Keenan Allen is not even taunting the guy. He's talking to the dude about hitting him in the head. And all of a sudden, it's a 15-yard penalty. Like, the league is going to lose fans because of this. They think they're gaining fans because they're trying to, you know, police the players and make sure we're not doing these things. They're going to lose more fans because you're taking the excitement out of the game with that. And it's been stated by a lot of players already. I don't disagree with you, uh, although Bill Belichick's comments are counter to yours. He, he likes what they're doing in that he feels like taunting leads to other um, altercations throughout the game. My problem is you just got to well, loosen up. Hold on real quick. You just got to loosen up. real quick. Yeah. Bill, Bill Belichick has told his players, you need to be excited and play with passion. There's clips on the internet of him talking about playing with energy and but taunting, I'm not. If you're not pointing at a kid, or if you're not standing over a guy, like flexing over him, if I walk away and I'm talking out loud, I'm not taunting at him. I'm telling, I'm talking myself up. A lot of these penalties aren't taunting penalties. They're penalties that they, the ref might have thought it was, right? Or they, they, oh, he was saying this. Like as long as he's not belittling the person that he's going against or speaking down to the person that he's going against, you should be fine. They can't always hear what they're saying. The problem is, I think, for the officials, if you're looking at somebody, for instance, if you just mossed somebody and you're looking at them and talking, you're getting a flag. 
Like literally, you're not allowed to look at somebody and talk to them after you made a catch because that's what's happening. And Keenan Allen, to your point, I, I believe that was the play that he got penalized on. And we've seen this a lot before. We've seen it um, over the years with areas that have been um, talked about in the offseason. The officials have said this is going to be a point of emphasis this year. They're going to, they will loosen it up, but they need to do it now because it's, yeah, it's well, so affecting it's, games now. It's like the PI penalty where they were calling everything on PI. Remember, it was like everybody had a PI every other play, it felt like. And then they had to back off it. I think they have to do the same thing here because, first of all, two things. When you're when you're on the way, the first thing is when you're an away team, and you make a big play, the energy that comes out of the stadium, the fans when they sit on their hands and they're quiet, there's no feeling like it at all. Is that feeling better than making the play in front of a home crowd and them going crazy? It is better than making. It's better than anything because I just I just made how many ever thousand or millions of people feel like they're nothing, right? (laughs) And then on the other side. In the home stadium, when I make a big-time play and we're down and we're trying to get momentum back, that's a way to get momentum, right? If I make a big play and I get everybody going like, let's go, blah, 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 whatever, and then you throw a 15-yard penalty, the momentum that I just got is gone now. Right. Right? And so you're changing the game because of taunting, because of a penalty that is um, subjective, right? It's not, it's not like holding where I can see you hold someone. It's all like, well, I thought it was this. I thought he was taunting, or I thought I heard this. Like, man, there's so much talking going on on the field. You can hear all type of stuff. Like, I mean, I've literally, I remember we were playing the Houston Texans, Dan, and they had a safety. He went to South Carolina. I forget his name. Um, I actually follow him on Instagram. He's a good dude. But he wasn't even talking to me. He was talking to his teammates. And he was getting on one of his teammates about, we got to stop on third down. But the teammate didn't do what he was doing. And so he was cussing his teammate out. And the ref thought he was cussing at me. Is that Swearinger? Swearinger, yes. DJ Swearinger. And listen, and Swearinger got a taunting penalty or something. And 15 yards, we went down to score and won the game. And he wasn't even talking to me. But I was next to the guy because I just got tackled. And he was barking at his homeboy about it. That's brutal. That is brutal. So now you change the course of the game, right? And, and And that, to me, is where... You have a thin line because you don't want the refs to affect the outcome of the game. They're there to, to kind of keep everything under control, not to affect the outcome of the game. Yeah, we just seen we've seen too many of those lately. Hopefully, they come to their senses and they they lighten up on the uh, the taunting rules, which I think they will. We've seen them do that in the past. Uh, before we get to games, last question, fantasy related, because we know how dialed you are into the world of fantasy. Should Ezekiel Elliott owners be concerned? 27 carries, 104 yards. He's averaging less than four yards per carry. Tony Pollard, after a nice year last year, has more yards on fewer carries, more catches, and he's averaging 7.7 yards per carry. I know it's a small sample size for Tony Pollard, but listen, he's looked better than Zeke so far through two games. I'm not concerned at all because I think when Zeke's in there, the defense is playing to stop Zeke and not stop those receivers, right? They're loading the box. They're doing different things to slow him down. If you look at what happened with Tampa Bay, they they made sure they had eight guys in the box when Zeke was in there, and that's what opened up all those passing plays. And so that happens, right? You can go out there and play with Tony Pollard, which is fine. He's a great complimentary back. I thought he did a really good job against the Chargers. I thought they both ran well against the Chargers, and Tony Pollard looks more explosive. But does he have the respect of the defense when he comes on the field 
when he's on the field, are you saying, I want to stop him over Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott? I don't think so. But when Zeke's out there, you're saying, look, we got to stop the run first, and then we'll worry about the other guys out there. And I think that's where you're seeing the difference. And, yes, stats may say, oh, this happens or that happens, but I, I can give you another story. I remember being in Oakland. I remember this was like the last year, my, my last game that I played in Oakland was against the Chiefs. It was week 10. And, Dan, we came out, and I promise you, we were in an 11-person that we had three receivers, one tight end, and I was in the backfield. And they played what we call a bear front, right? A bear front is where all the linemen up front are have someone over them. So they had a guy over the nose. They had two guys over the guards, a DN, and a DN outside the tight end, and then a safety playing man-to-man on the tight end, playing cover one, right? So if we even tried to run the ball in that situation – there was no – because they had a linebacker that we couldn't block. So there was no way that, to get any yards. And I, I remember this because this is what I went and told the, the late Tony Sperano in our meeting um, after the game the next day. And then Latavius Murray comes out, and we, we bring in an extra lineman. We come out in 22 personnel, two backs, two tight ends. Instead of a tight end, <laughs> we brought an extra lineman out. And they played cover two, okay? And he broke a 90-yard runoff. And so I remember them saying, like, yo, like, you know, Latavius is balling, blah, blah, blah. And I go, I go, look, I have no gripe with Latavius. He played a really good game. I go, but there's a respect issue here that you're not seeing as a coach. We're out here with three wide receivers. I had the tape clipped off and everything. I walked in there. I was like, look, <laughs> literally, you have, do you not see this? Do you not see this? And he was like, look, man, like, we get it. I was like, no, you don't get it. I'm like, when I'm on the field, we're seeing run-heavy defenses. When everyone else is on the field, we're seeing pass-heavy defenses. So, yes, those runners are going to run better, right? Like, they don't. They, there's a guy on a guy. You don't only got to make the safety miss. He's 10, 15 yards down the field. Like, that's easy. But And that's what I think the same thing is going on with Zeke. When you watch Zeke on the field, they're trying to stop the run. When Tony Pollard's not there, guess what? They're, they're, they're trying to stop the pass, so he's going to have more explosive runs. He's going to have bigger runs. He's going to look better. And the question is, when he gets to become that guy, can he do it when they try to stop him first? And that's going to be your question. I don't know if it'll be answered anytime soon, though. See, that's why I love when you break down running backs, because that makes a ton of sense. Uh, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, MJD, not that worried about Zeke's production. Let's give it some more time to find out. Cowboys, three-and-a-half-point favorite hosting Philadelphia on Monday Night Football. Before we get to our game picks, I want to tell you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply about some friends. Are you ready for a new career adventure? Vaco is how organizations get the kind of talent solutions they really need, whether it's bringing in a team to solve a specific business issue or finding their next new team member. Only Vaco brings a head start, a new perspective, and a real commitment. And now they are looking for you to join their team. If you are either an experienced accounting and finance professional or a skilled techie in search of a new career opportunity, Vaco wants to hear from you. 
With a new national and global presence and a culture built on freedom and autonomy, it's no surprise that Vaco has been named one of Inc. Magazine's fastest-growing private companies for over the past 15 years in a row. What are you waiting for? Professional adventure awaits you. Apply today at Vaco.com slash Helipod. That's B-A-C-O dot com slash Helipod. Always good to hear from our good friends at Vaco. Also want to tell you about Greens Plus, a leader in nutrition since 1989, known for creating the first green blended superfood powder and the first company to infuse that powder into a bar. Greens Plus powders and bars taste great. I eat them all the time. And they're the most effective way to increase immunity, detox your body, boost energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. It's organic and gluten-free. You can get it at Whole Foods, order on Amazon, or greensplus.com. Get 20% off today with the promo code HELI. That's 20% off today with the promo code HELI. And now we are ready. We're back, MJD, uh, to make some picks. Picking six games this week. We picked them all week one. We picked six last week. We're picking six this week. Let's start with the Washington football team at the Bills. They're both one and one. Bills... Home favorites right now, it's sitting at eight and a half. We're taping this on Wednesday afternoon from the win in Vegas, the lovely Blue Wire Studios. MJD will eventually be making a trip here to join me, just not yet still in the Bay Area. Very busy man is Maurice Jones. True. Washington football team, MJD, lucky to escape with a win last week against the Giants. The defense really underperforming right now. Uh, I, I, I like Taylor Heineke. I like him more than I thought I would before this start. There's a lot of moxie there, um, but the Bills' defense just pitched a shutout, and they're going to make things difficult for Washington. Devin Singletary, I believe, has been solid. He's the 10th leading rusher in the NFL. He's averaging 6.6 yards per carry. It's the best I've seen him look in a while. They don't give him a ball enough. They don't give him a ball enough. They need to give him the ball more? Yeah, way more. Way more. They don't run the ball enough. They don't. And that, that, that was their issue week one. They didn't run the ball enough. He averaged almost seven yards a carry against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you don't run the ball. You want to throw the ball against cover two all the time. So who do you like here in the Washington football team? I like the Bills. I I like the Bills, and I'm going to tell you why. And the reason is I need to see more out of your young defensive ends and your, your defense in Washington. It hasn't been good enough. To not get a sack against Rashawn Slater in week one, uh, to not really affect the Giants offense, the defensive line isn't playing up to par. And I I know that they're going to get it going, but they're just not seasoned yet. And so for me, when you look at the Buffalo Bills, they get after the quarterback, right? They're going to play covers. They're going to rush four. And to me, it comes down to can Josh uh, Allen play better than Taylor Heineke? And obviously, you know, that answer is going to be yeah. And so uh, I want to see how they cover Stephon Diggs. That's going to be a kind of a homecoming game for him. He's from the, uh, the D.C. DMV area. You know, that was his team, went to Maryland. So anytime you play against your hometown team, you got to go crazy. I just think they're, 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 the Bills are kind of getting back to what they were. Uh, you still need Josh Allen to play better, but I think they'll be fine. Yeah, I agree with you on Josh Allen. I think he's going to get there. Uh, Stephon Diggs, good counsel, high school product before going to Maryland. Interesting story there. He actually spurned Urban Meyer in Ohio State to stay at Maryland. Had I thought it was Florida. Uh, it was Urban Hotmeyer in Florida. He was he was at Ohio State, but it was Florida was recruiting him, and Ohio State decides to stay home. Had a decent career, but he was a fifth or a sixth round draft pick, and look what he's blossomed into. 
um, a, a helipod guest last year. Hopefully, we get him on again. The leading receiver in the NFL last year was Stephon Diggs. I like Buffalo, too. I like Buffalo to win by a touchdown, 27-20. Not going to cover, but they are going to beat the Washington football team. All right, Chargers at KC. Both lost a tough game last week. And how about this? At 1-1, one and one, they're trailing the Raiders and the Broncos in the AFC West. Who would have thunk it? Uh, Kansas City's defense is not looking that good right now. Chargers have played him tough. Remember last year they won Week 17. They took it to overtime in Week 2. Yeah, Herbert and company, totally different look than, than Lamar and the Ravens last week uh, in terms of the Kansas City defense seeing you know this offense. I think it's going to be the same result. This is an upset special in my book, MJD. Chargers win 33-30 in Kansas City, one of the toughest environments to win in the National Football League. Yeah, I, I've never seen Patrick Mahomes lose back-to-back, so I'm not going to bet on that one. You also haven't seen uh, him throw an interception in September, and that happened. Yeah, those those happen. Those happen. But what I'm going to tell you is I haven't seen the Chiefs lose back-to-back. And normally when they lose, they come out firing on all cylinders. And I think, you know, this is going to be one of those ones where I've seen the Chargers struggle two weeks in a row offensively, right? They, they They've struggled offensively two weeks in a row. You can't afford to struggle against the Kansas City Chiefs. I know their defense. I think the Chiefs need to bring uh, Chris Jones back inside. The whole experiment of playing DN, that's cool on first and second down. But on third down, you got to put him back inside and let him go to work. Um, to me, I think, again, I, I just I think the Chiefs just have too much. And it, and let's be honest, you had they turned, they threw an interception and they turned the ball over late in the game, and they still probably could have won that game. Right, if they, if Lamar doesn't convert that fourth down, right, if they don't get in that situation, so the Chiefs are still the top team in the AFC right now. Was there any doubt in your mind as soon as Lamar went out there that he was going to convert that fourth down? Because there was zero in mind. No, as soon as they any time. Listen, I called the Rams game versus the Ravens, and they went for it on fourth and four, and he got seven yards. It is that that quarterback run. That's what makes him so special. Yeah. That makes him so special that he can do that. He can be that extra guy to make you play 11-on-11 football. It's tough to do. Moving on to the Saints and the Patriots, both 1-1. One and one. New England at home, favored by three, which essentially means that that is looked at as a dead-even game, three points being the home field advantage. Saints are like Jekyll and Hyde, man. Uh, don't forget, they're still on the road. I'm calling the TCU-SMU game this year. They're practicing at TCU. They've been there for three weeks. They were practicing in Texas uh, you know, prior to that, but they've kind of made a home at TCU the last few weeks. So they're still not at home. These guys aren't sleeping in their own beds. There's something to be said for that. After five touchdown passes in week one, Jameis had zero last week against Carolina. He's thrown for 259 yards combined in two games. Now he's going to be on the road in Foxborough against a stingy defense that just overwhelmed Zach Wilson to the tune of four interceptions last week. I mean, give me the Patriots like going away. I think they win by 10, 27, 17. You're, 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 you're crazy. What do you mean? I'm crazy. You're crazy. Are you, are you serious? Yeah. Easy. Did win. we not just talk about the saints not ha- having only like six coaches on the sideline? Yeah, we did. There was you, do you know, do you know part of coaching? Not only is coaching and practice, but having guys look for certain things to make adjustments to. Sure. And when you don't have those guys to do that, it's hard to make adjustments, right? I um, agreed. I, I, I say this. I think the Saints' defense will be much better. I think the Saints' offense will be much better. They'll lean on Alvin Kamara a little bit more. Um, I, have the, I have the Saints winning this one. Um, I just 
look, Mac Jones is doing all the right things right now, but they're really not asking him to win games. They're not asking him to do much of anything, but literally not lose it. We're going to run the ball. We're going to give you some simple play action pass plays to get your chunks. And then, you know, from there, I, to me, I like, uh, I like the saints in this one. Ah, uh, we are. We're going to have a lot of differences this week, my friend. I'm very much. Looking I see already. Yeah. All right. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh coming off that disappointing loss. Uh, guys I mean, are still beat up too. Yeah, they are still ba- Ben's banged up. That Steelers defense is, is hurting. It does look like T.J. Watt, who had that groin injury, should be ready to go. Um, but don't forget, they were without Devin Bush. Uh, they were without Joe Hayden. Cincinnati's lost five straight to Pittsburgh. But that's... that's no, they haven't. They've lost five straight in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, I yeah not two. In. Yeah, in. in, in. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you for the correction. Um, I, I feel like Cincinnati's going to get our guy Joe Mixon going a little bit. With 194 yards, he has more rushing yards in the NFL this year than anyone not named Derrick Henry. You mix in a few shots from Joe Burrow. I have our second upset that I'm picking here. Cincinnati upsets Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, 30-27. to 27. Wow. Uh, listen, this is, I'm, I'm picking Cincinnati, too, but for a different reason. Oh. I, I think Pittsburgh, Cincinnati's defense has been playing really well. They've been playing really well. And so... Again, the biggest issue is going to be this offensive line play. The offensive line play hasn't been really good. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to really get after them, affect Big Ben. Um, and and as always, you know, the last time they played, Cincinnati got after them. So I expect the same thing. And, and again, this Pittsburgh's defense is banged up right now. So uh, Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase. He has some, some new weapons out there. It, this this looks like a, a nice recipe for Cincinnati to get back on the uh, off the snide and get back going again. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. All right, so we're on the same page there. How about this one? The Super Bowl champs, one-point favorites at SoFi Stadium, taking on your Ramley. Both teams coming you in at 2-0. Where I'm going. Oh, man, of course you I You know where I'm going. I, I mean, the, so I, I, in, in, in my mind, this is an NFC Championship game preview. I know where you're going. Tell me why you're going with your Ramley. Uh, well, I think two things. Um even the last time they played, they had no one for Cooper Cup, right? Uh, the Rams didn't necessarily run the ball this that week uh, as much as you wanted to. Jared Goff threw the ball all around the yard, and the defense confused Tom Brady. Uh, do I think they confused him again? Probably not. But with AB now going on the uh, COVID list, and he has to have two tests, and he you know he's not going to be able to practice. Those are going to be those things are going to start to like you know play effect if he plays on Sunday if he doesn't know what he's doing or. If he doesn't understand the game plan, he's not out there getting those reps. Um, and I think offensively, Matthew Stafford is just such a different quarterback than what the Rams have had in the past um, with his experience, his arm talent, um, and the ability to, to sit in the pocket and throw that deep ball like we've seen. Um, that's going to be huge um, for the Rams. And i also say this. I, I think Deshaun Jackson is going to have a huge game. The, uh, the Bucks like to play a lot of man-to-man coverage. And if they're going to play man-to-man coverage – that you're going to be, you know, you're putting your corners on the island with the guys, the guys that can run. So uh, I, I expect Matthew Stafford to have a big day. I expect the Rams to have a big day and, and win this one in a close one, 28-27. But I think it's going to be a big game. A close one, 28-27. All right, I'm going to flip the script on you here. Tampa Bay going against that uh, great defense with the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They've made it look easy. Uh, it's not going to be easy against the Rams. I just think at this point right now, 
I have to roll with the Super Bowl champs, even though they have to come all the way across the country and take that long flight. And, I, and they're flying Saturday. They're flying Saturday and waking up and playing. As opposed to coming in on a Friday, which most teams would do when they make that trip. Interesting. Um, you're not talking me out of it. I'm still taking Tampa Bay 37-32. No, I, I want you to take them so Good. I can really ex- expand this lead on you. Yeah, well. Uh, all right, finally, Green Bay. They righted the ship last week. They improved a one and one at San Francisco. San Francisco, uh, a three and a half point favorite in this one. I'm, I'm going to let you take our last game first, buddy. Go ahead. This is a tough one, man. As much as because I have Aaron Rodgers in so many fantasy leagues, I want him to play well. But like I told you before, it's not about Aaron Rodgers when it's the Green Bay Packers, it's about their defense. And to me, if you allow the Niners to run the ball and eat up all the clock, very similar to like a uh, couple NFC Championship games ago. Why would they throw the ball with Jimmy Garoppolo when you can run for 200 and something and win the game, right? And so that, to me, is why I'm going to pick the Niners in this one. Um, I just think the defense for the Green Bay Packers is not up to par like it should be. And so they got to find a way to fix it. Um, And I I like what Kyle Shanahan is going to do with the Niners. I like what the Niners have done. I like that Jimmy Garoppolo has a little fire lit under him. You know, Kyle said he's playing his best football, which he should have been. And so, uh, to me... The Niners, yes, the Niners' defense is a little stingy, but they have Joey Bosa, and they got all these guys back healthy again. And so that, that D-line is going to really affect the game, and I love that for them. It is unbelievable what Kyle Shanahan has been able to do with the running game over the last few years. I mean, they are jinxed at the running back position. They're leading rushers on the season. Elijah Mitchell and Jermichael Hasty, both injured week two. Mitchell, the shoulder injury, questionable for three, week three. Hasty is out. And, of course, they lost uh, Raheem Mostert week one. Rookie Trey, Trey Sermon. banged up. He's banged up. He's in concussion protocol. So the leading healthy rusher for the 49ers right now, at this moment, on Wednesday afternoon as we tape this, is Jimmy Garoppolo with 22 yards. That's one of the reasons that I'm going to roll with the Packers here. Uh, I think it's going to be another big day for the offense. I think the defense is going to be able to weather the storm. I like the Packers improving to two and one. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be in the in the mid twenties. I'm going to go 27-25 Green Bay over over San Francisco. You don't like that? Yeah, that's a. Uh, I mean, Detroit went up and down the field on that defense. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I think they'll get a little better. Um, Okay. MJD, I, I might go play a little blackjack. I might hit the sports book. I don't know what I'm going to do here at the win, and then I have to go get ready for uh, a couple other things, including the UFC weigh-in show and, and a TCU-SMU game hey, on this weekend. we didn't even talk about this Canelo and the guy. What's his guy's name? Plank or Plate? They were, they were boxing, and they got into it yesterday. Did you not see that? I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Oh, my gosh. They were nose-to-nose. Oh, I saw like 10 seconds then... of it. Yeah, and he, he, he actually slipped a punch, didn't he? Did he connect? Yeah, he split his eye open. Yeah, he got a cut right here. So will they fight? Yeah. I don't know the rules with that. I, oh, yeah, they'll still fight. That's that's great promotion. Really? Even if you have a cut on, under your eye? It depends on how bad it is. Was it bad? It was nice. It was a nice long one. All right, I'm going to go look at that. It reminds me of back in the day Go look up. at it and hit me up, man. I, Dan, I've appreciated it. Had a great time. Enjoy Vegas. And I can't wait to get out there and hit the tables with you. I love it, buddy. I'll talk to you soon, man. All right.